Strange Tales. RelicRadio.com presents tales of the strange and bizarre, the weird and the wicked. Stories not necessarily of the supernatural, but of the unnatural. Join us now for Strange Tales, featuring radio drama at its most mysterious and unusual. Thanks for joining me this Sunday. We're going to hear from Favorite Story this week, a series that aired from June of 1946 to November of 1949 over NBC stations. Featured adaptations of classic novels and short stories, the story this week is Rudyard Kipling's The Phantom Rickshaw. This episode aired December 3rd, 1946. Inviting you to radio's most dramatic half hour, Favorite Story. I can't recommend it as the most comfortable means of travel. But in certain areas of India and China, where taxicab stands are several thousand miles apart, you either use a rickshaw or you walk. Now, a rickshaw is a rickety contrivance with two wheels and a couple of bamboo poles sticking out in front. The engine of the rickshaw develops exactly one manpower. Our favorite story this week is about a rickshaw, a phantom rickshaw. It really didn't exist except in the mind of a British administrator in India. But to him, it was real, incredibly startlingly real. The story of the phantom rickshaw was written by the one and only Rudyard Kipling. And it was chosen for you as the favorite story of Mr. Deems Taylor, composer and music critic. Mr. Taylor is an old radio friend of yours. I know you've heard him many times in his commentary on symphonic and operatic programs. He picks good music for your radio... And he knows how to pick good stories, too. When you've heard Phantom Rickshaw, I'm sure you'll agree. Here it is, then. Deems Taylor's favorite story. Act One.
No, no, not the rickshaw again, not again. Agnes, Agnes, why don't you let me alone? I'll be with you all the rest of your life. Panze, snap out of it. Agnes, why do you haunt me? Panze, stop this nonsense. Lie back in bed now. She's calling me. There's no one calling you. You've got a fever and you're imagining things. I'm sure it's all a mistake. A hideous mistake. You're dead, Agnes. Dead for a month now. Let me rest. Leave me alone. Go away and take that ghastly rickshaw with you. I hear it continually. The rickshaw. The black rickshaw with the yellow panels. The rickshaw and your voice. We should be a good friend someday, Jack. As we ever were. No, Agnes. You're dead. Go away. Stop it, Pante. Talk to me if you like. There's no one else here. You're wrong. Agnes is here. April is gone, Agnes. April is over, and you're dead. And now there's Kitty, Agnes. I'm sure it's all a mistake. A hideous mistake. I'm sick of you, Agnes. It's all a mistake. Do you hear me? I'm sick of you. Let me alone. Let me rest or let me die, but let me alone. Man, you've got to snap out of this. If I have to slap it out of you. Panze, are you listening to me? Yes, listening. There's no one here. Do you understand? There's no one here. It's no use. She keeps calling me. No one's calling you. And I want you to stop this nonsense about a phantom rickshaw. Is it nonsense, Doctor? Take my word for it. The hospital has handled hundreds like you the fault of the system. They expect you over at the Katabundi settlement to do the work of three men. That's India. But it's no reason for you to get these strange spectral illusions. I don't know. I don't know. In cases like this, what we need most is a brain purge. Now lie back and tell me all about it. From the start. From the start. This woman, Agnes, was she married? Widowed. The wife of a fellow on the Bombay side. Keith Wessington. Where did you meet her? On the boat coming back to Bombay. But it only got serious when we were together again the next spring in December. Charlie, let's sit down here a moment and rest. All right, my dear. Oh, I could listen to those temple bells forever. Jack, do you suppose we can afford a bungalow here someday for the year round? Perhaps, darling. Oh, it could be so wonderful. Looking up to the snow peaks, feeling the crisp air. Don't you love the snow? <laughs> Not when I have to climb a mountain for it. Oh, dear, it's late. I must change. Change? We're going to a party at the Colonel. Oh, must we go? Well, if you love me, you won't say another word. But, darling... I we... won't listen to you. You don't want to go anywhere with me. You only want to make love to me. Is that bad? But I have a new dress. And if I don't get short off tonight, I'll be angry. Oh, heavens, what's that? Sacred monkeys at the temple. <laughs> You're disturbing them with your chatter. I don't chatter. All right. 
I don't chatter, do I, darling? No, but sometimes you talk too much. Jack! If there's anything I detest, it's a garrulous woman. Darling. Darling, do you suppose we could ever fall out of love? Huh? I never gave it a thought. No. We've been too much to each other, haven't we? Yes. I'll stay with you all the rest of your life, Jack. You'll never be rid of me. Oh, come, my dear. Don't sound so grim. Mm -hmm. That's how much I love you, darling. That's how much I love you. That's how it was that first year in Simla, Doctor. Did you love her? At first. She was very beautiful. The most golden hair. But then she became possessive. She hung on me every moment and everywhere we went. When did you see her again? The next year. But then things were different. I had not seen Agnes for many months. I'm afraid I had purposely not seen her. And then one day I had business that took me into the bazaar. It was there that it happened. The incident that was to change the course of my life. The incident that I shall have cause to regret till the hour I die. This is a walking stick the gods might envy. Is it a tough wood? Like an elephant, Sahib. And yet it has spring, Sahib, like a fine blade. Listen. Huh. Sahib, the very air sings to this stick. Yes! Sahib, a woman calls. Where? There, Sahib, in the black rickshaw. The woman with the golden hair. Sahib, you will take this wonderful stick? I suppose so. Here. Oh, Sahib, it is two coins of such a brightness for such a stick. <laughs> Robber. Agnes, how are you? Oh, darling, it's good to see you again. Is it? Jack, why do you treat me like this? Like what? You've been avoiding me deliberately. Have I? Last year it was different. How? Well, we, we walked together. We rode together. Had tea, had dinner. Now you don't even want to see me. People change. Yes, yes, they do. You change so much I hardly know you. Twelve months is a long time, especially in India. You were very happy here last year. Jules. That Jules, was Jules, last Jules. year. Jules. Sahib, I have lovely gems. No, nothing today. I have here a ruby. A ruby most crimson. We don't want anything. The man five in the black rickshaw has hair as golden as the wheat of Samarkand. Go away. For hair so golden, I have two exquisite combs set with the tiniest and finest of sapphires. The blue, Sahib, on a field of gold. The Mem Sahib wants nothing. 
A crown fit for a queen, Sahib. Get away or I'll have the Mem Sahib's rickshaw boys beat you. Sahib, in another land it was once said, whom the gods would destroy, they first drive mad. Then I am ready for destruction, for fools like you will drive me mad. Before the gods work their will on you, Sahib, you would perhaps buy for the Mem Sahib a brooch of purest gold? Fashioned by the craftsman of Kashmir. One more word and I'll use a stick on you myself. May Allah preserve you from Fare Sahib. You devil! Oh, 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 my back is broken in a thousand places! Oh, Allah have pity on my children! May you have a short life, Sahib, and one of misery. May the gods of darkness creep into your mind and fill it with the fear of night! <laughs> Jack, you shouldn't hit him. The swine deserved it. Jack, you've changed so. You were never like this before. Flowers fade, grass turns yellow, when the bloom of love is gone with the dawn. Or last year's rain. Oh, please. Please forgive me, dear. What for? I must have failed you somehow. You wouldn't treat me like this. I can't pretend to love you any longer. Oh, Jack, don't. I'm fed up. I'm tired of your monotonous voice and weary of your appeals. I'm sick. Death of your whining. Oh, I'm sure it's all a mistake, Jack. A hideous mistake. We should be a good friend someday if we ever were. Can't you get it through your head that I don't want to be friends? I want to be rid of you, completely rid of you. I wish you were dead. And a week later, she was dead. Dead? Had she been ill? For several months. Only hope had kept her alive, and then I took the last hope from her. I'll never forget her sitting there in the black rickshaw, her golden head bowed. I'll never forget it. Did you know this other woman then, Kitty? Yes, we'd become quite thick all of a sudden. But everything was going fine until... Until the afternoon, we bought the ring. The ring? Yes, we had just left the jewelers. Hamilton's, just outside the bazaar. Jack, dear, there's never been such a ring in the whole world. Oh, my darling, there's never been a love like ours in the whole world. Oh, Oh, Kitty, if you but knew what your coming into my life has meant to me. The freshness, the beauty, the the understanding of you. And, yes, the unselfishness. Jack, you don't have to say such things, you know. We're already engaged. Unless it's all been a dream these last days. Is it true, darling? <laughs> Are we engaged? Well, let me see your left hand. <laughs> uh, we must be. <laughs> Kitty. What's the matter, Jack? Those rickshaw boys. They used to work for Agnes. Who? Agnes. This is Keith Wessington. Is she the poor woman who died last month? Yes, that's the one. Someone said she died of a broken heart. I didn't think anyone died of a broken heart. So old-fashioned. That's her rickshaw over there. Where? On the bridge near the railing. Uh, are you joking? There's no rickshaw on the bridge. No rickshaw. There's nothing there. You're blind. The black rickshaw's there. It's turning around now. Jack, are you all right? Tell me you see the rickshaw. 
It's off the bridge now. It's coming toward us. Oh, let's not stand here in the middle of the street, dear. It's the rickshaw. Agnes' is rickshaw. Kitty, stop the rickshaw! We're ready now with Act Two of Mr. Dean Taylor's favorite story, The Phantom Rickshaw, with William Conrad as Panze. Was it the insufferable heat of India? Or the influence of a native curse? Or could it have been the persistent memory of Agnes and the summer at Simla? One of these things, or a combination of them all, has driven Panze to the edge of insanity. We hear him now, continuing his story to the doctor. When I woke up, doctor, I realized that Kitty knew. She knew about Agnes. Doctor, don't you see how I've paid for it? As surely as any woman was ever killed by man, I killed Agnes. And now she won't let me alone. Pansy, that's ridiculous. You're suffering from some spectral illusion. Nothing more. An illusion. If it only were, Doctor. If it only were. Pansy, listen to me. In medicine, we have something we call a shock treatment. Right now, we're going to saddle up a couple of horses, ride to the spot where you saw that specter... And I'm going to prove to you that it was merely a combination of overwork, nerves, and the hot sun of India. Shall we take it at a faster gate? It's only a mile to the bridge. You don't have to go to the bridge, Doctor. It's there, just ahead of us. What's ahead of us? The phantom rickshaw. It left the house when we did. It's about 20 yards ahead of us. Maybe it's your eyes. I'll examine them more closely when we get back. Doctor. Doctor. Panzi, you're sweating and trembling like a frightened pony. Yes, I think it's your eyes. Perhaps. My eyes see the rickshaw as surely as they see you riding beside me. My eyes see the four rickshaw boys. Do you know that all four of them died of cholera on their way to their new owner? And the rickshaw was broken up by the man she hired it from. Told me he'd never used the dead Nimsahib's rickshaw. Spoiled his luck. Queer notion, wasn't it? Tanze, the presence of the rickshaw is in itself enough to prove the existence of a spectral illusion. Perhaps one may see ghosts of men and women, but surely never of a carriage. The whole thing's absurd. Fancy the ghost of a carriage. Yes, fancy. And yet there it is, ahead of us. The dead travel fast. And by shortcuts unknown to ordinary rickshaw boys. Wait a minute. Pull up. What's the matter, Pansy? The rickshaw's come to a dead stop. Where? By the cliff. Well, what do we do? Spend a cold night on the hillside for the sake of a blasted illusion? Let's ride on. Wait. Good Lord, Pansy, the whole cliff's coming down. should stop, Doctor. And if we'd come forward, we should have been ten feet deep in our graves by now. We'd have to turn round and go by way of the church ridge. Oh! 
Well, you've had ten days of my treatment. How do you like it? It's simple enough. Liver pills, cold water baths, and strong exercise. And you agree the little incident at the cliff had nothing to do with the rickshaw, don't you? Don't you? Yes, yes, Doctor. It's eyes, brain, and stomach, isn't that it? Exactly. At the end of the week, you won't know yourself. You're sure of that, Doctor? You're very sure of that? What do you mean? What's the matter with you this morning, Panzer? Kitty sent back my letters. And here's a note from her father. Says that a man who behaved as I did to Mrs. Wessington ought to kill himself. Mm. And Agnes won't let me rest. I keep repeating to myself, I'm on leave in Simla, ordinary, everyday Simla. I'm in Simla, and there are no phantoms here. But sometimes it seems that the rickshaw and I are the only realities in a world of shadows. That Kitty was a ghost. And that all the other men and women I know are all phantoms. And the hills themselves are just shadows to torture me. Why can't I be left alone? Don't get excited now. Get back into bed and rest. A few more days and you'll be fit. You'll be laughing yourself at these fantasies of yours. Well, Panzer, after much examination of pupil and pulse, I'm ready to dismiss you. I certify to your mental cure, which is to say I've cured most of your bodily ailments. Now get your traps out of here as soon as you can. <laughs> You've been very good to me, Doctor. And very good for me. Go out and see if you can find this phantom rickshaw business again. I'll give you a rupee for each time you see it. is here, Saeed. He was carried into my humble shop just after he fell hurt in the street. As you see, the commissioner is already here. Oh, commissioner, doctor. I fear your friend is near death, Saeed. Panze. Panze, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, doctor. I can hear you. Are you all right now? You've been much too good to me already, old man, but I don't think I'll trouble you further. Are you hurt? Should I be? I don't know. Commissioner, tell me what happened. When we got to him, he was lying in the middle of the mail, like he'd been run over. Picked him up and brought him to the shop. Tell me, Commissioner, will you carry the investigation of my death into the spirit world? Oh, oh you're going to be all right, Panzer. <laughs> Never. You know, I debated with myself. Shall I die in my bed decently and as an English gentleman should die? Or in one last walk on the mall, will my soul be wrenched from me to take its place by the sight of that ghost of a woman, the ghost of Agnes? Stop it, Panzer! Shall I return to my old lost allegiance in the next world? Or shall I meet her, loathing her and riding by her side in that rickshaw through all eternity? Shall we... <coughs> Thing to go down quick among the dead. 
Uh, only one half of your life completed. Commissioner. Yes? There are no marks on his body. But he must have been struck. Did anyone see him fall? No, no, no. That's the strangest part of it all. He was found on one of the busiest streets, and yet no one saw him go down. How about the sadhu? The holy man? Yes. Oh, all right, I'll bring him in. What with your examination, Doctor? Uh, you there, you say you own this shop? Yes, it is my shop. I sell gems, beautiful gems, Saeed. What do you know of this? Only that the man was cursed, Saeed. How do you know? It came on the wind and died in the tree, Saeed. What does that mumbo-jumbo mean? That the man was cursed, Saeed. Uh, ah, Commissioner, what nonsense is... Oh, yes, there you are, Commissioner. Uh, here's the holy man. See what he has to say. Do you know this man, Sadhu? The one who stands there and sells bits of glass signs, or the one on the floor who now sells his soul to the powers of darkness. None of that nonsense now. You know who I am, don't you? You are the commissioner of police, sir. I want you to tell me if anyone was with this man when he fell in the street. All men are alone when they die, sir. After he fell. Did you see anything? When his soul is in flight, no one can see it or know whence it goes. Did you see something on a more material plane? Anything on the street after the man fell? Yes. What? A rickshaw side moving very fast. What did it look like? It was a black rickshaw side. A black rickshaw with yellow panels. It was his destiny to die slowly and a little every day. Uh, you can go. Yes, sir. Commissioner... I don't know what you want to make in the nature of an examination, but I don't need to go any further. I'm satisfied as to the cause of death. You are? Yes. Ah. What are you going to put on a death certificate? I'll just say he was run down by a phantom rickshaw. <laughs> story, isn't it? Would you call it a natural death? Suicide? Or would you say Panze was murdered by his own conscience? Who can tell? Well, it's not difficult to understand why Deems Taylor picked the Phantom Rickshaw as his favorite story. It's one of Kipling's most memorable works. In future weeks on Favorite Story, we hope to match it, bringing you dramatizations of the great yarns of all times. The entertaining, the astonishing, the bizarre. This we promise you on every broadcast of Favorite Story. Next week, a shotgun wedding. Well, with a rope instead of a shotgun and the threat of death in a smooth-lit-loved hand. It's the Seer de Maltrois d'Or. An unexpected romance between two young people in an embarrassing and extremely dangerous predicament. It's the favorite story of the distinguished American author and critic the editorial chairman of the Book of the Month Club and the Saturday Review of Literature, Mr. Henry Seidel Canby. We hope you'll be listening.
that's it for Strange Tales for this week. I'll be back next Sunday with another one. In between now and then, you can find more from Favorite Story, Strange Tales, all the other Relic Radio podcasts, and our Shoutcast stream, all at relicradio.com. Lots to listen to, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Thank you, as always, those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Sunday with another episode of Relic Radio's Strange Tales. Thank you.